0: Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we're joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we begin a brand new series, Next Level. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box, at 9:30 a.m., 11:15 a.m., and 5 p.m. We hope to see you there. All right. Good morning, Yellow Box. Um, I'll tell you what, I want, I want to add, um, add my heartfelt congratulations to uh, uh, parents and family and friends. And I'll tell you what, without a doubt, the greatest unexpected joy of my life was being a dad. And um, I'll tell you what, if, if, if you want to change the world, you want to change the world. And we talk about that right around here. You be a good mom, you be a good dad. Maybe the most important thing you can do in your whole life is you be, a, you be a great mom and a great dad. You love those kids. And I'll tell you what, it will also be the most rewarding experience you ever have. So, all right. Oh, man, I, I, I could just do a whole sermon. We could do two sermons this morning if you wanted to. I'll tell you what, here's where we're going to go. Do, do me a favor. Take out your phone, would you? Everybody, take out your phone. You, most of you got phones with you. I know you do. You're checking them. Go ahead, take out your phone. All right. Lots of places you go, they tell you to silence your phone, but I'll tell you what, go ahead and take yours, get it out. I want you, I'm going to ask I have you vote with your phone here, okay? I'm going to throw out a few questions and you just kind of vote by raising your phone, okay? How many of you, I love, I love my phone, I love my phone. Raise your hand. I love my phone. There it is. Look at that. Nice, nice, nice. How many of you go like, you know, no, actually I hate this thing. How many of you, I hate this thing. Okay. How many of you go like, you know what, dang it, I love and hate this thing. Love and hate. That, that's kind of where I would be. I love this because it makes the whole world accessible to me. I hate this because it makes the whole world accessible to me. <laughs> right? I'll tell you what, I want to try something. This is, I have no idea if this is going to work or not. I have no idea. I want you, everybody, turn your phone on, okay, and turn the ringer to loud. Everybody go ahead and do it. Turn your phone on, turn your ringer to loud. It's, I'm going to call this an accessibility experiment. An accessibility experiment. And there will be a prize, okay? Not only do we have turduckens later on, we got a little prize for this one too, all right? And here's what I want you to do. I want you to look around the room and I want you to call somebody else in the room that you know, call somebody else in the room that you know, the first person who gets a call, okay? Oh my goodness, not me. (laughs) (laughs) It's my wife, all right, nice. (laughs) I love this thing. I hate this. Th- no. <laughs> All right. We, I, I, and actually, I had a hunch there might be somebody who was being very clever, so I have two prizes for this one. So make sure my wife gets a prize. It's a yellow box gift certificate. Go ahead and make sure she gets one. We can't not do that, right? She's saying no now. Now she's going to be embarrassed. Okay. So anybody else? Go ahead. Call somebody else. I want to hear a ring. Call somebody else in the room. Ring. The first person to stand up whose phone. There it is right there. Stand up. Stand up. you got to stand up and wave your phone. There you go. Let's give her... Give her right there. There you go. Give her a gift certificate. Here, here's one of the things. You better turn them back off, otherwise we'll we won't get through this talk. Part part of the reason I did that ten years ago. Ten years ago, I mean, this wasn't possible. Not like this. Twenty five. Think about this. Twenty five years ago, it couldn't happen. You know why? Because we all left our phones at home on the wall. But today we're 24 seven accessible, and it's Marty Cooper's fault. You're going, who's Marty Cooper? All right, Marty Cooper's a guy born and raised right here in Chicago. Went to college at the Illinois Institute of Technology. He graduated with a degree in engineering. Took a job at Motorola. Became an engineer. Marty Cooper asked this question. Here's the question that Marty Cooper asked. As an engineer, kind of an an innovator, he asked this question. He said, why is it that when we want to call and talk to a person, we have to call a place? Hmm. Go back, okay, 25 plus years now. He said, why is it when we want to talk call and talk to a person, we have to call a place. And so Marty asked this question in an era when every phone was tethered to a wall in our homes by a short, squiggly cord. Anybody remember this? Right? And so he pushed this question through the innovative process, and he figured out how to call a person and not just a place, and it led to the invention of this, the Dynatech 8000X. Anybody have a, one of those... Remember they called it the brick. Anybody have a brick? Oh, wow. Several people. Okay. It didn't, didn't quite exactly slide into your pocket, did it? No. But then, okay, but then later on, okay, it led to one of these, right? The flip phone. You Remember when you got? everybody had the Razor flip phone before Apple? I mean, that was like... You felt like you were Captain Kirk, you know. Ooh, beam me up, Scotty. Right? It was just kind of... That kind of cool thing. And, of course, that eventually led to this magnificent wonder of technology. Now... I think a lot of us would say, I love this thing, but I also hate this thing. And part of it is because we are now more accessible than any people in all of human history. All of human history. Research tells us that we will check our phones 221 times today. Every 4.3 minutes. And to be honest with you, I'm not really surprised. I'm going, yeah, sounds about right. Right? We check them at work. We check them at home. We check them in the bathroom. Don't tell me you don't. Don't tell me you don't look at Facebook or Instagram in the bathroom. You know you do. You know you do. I walked. I was. I was gone. I was gone this week. And I walked. I walked into the men's room, and there there was a guy at the urinal. Yeah. Don't tell me guys can't multitask. <laughs> Never borrow a guy's phone. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, here's where we're headed with the big idea, though, okay? You are accessible. I am accessible. We're all accessible. But here's the question. I think the question is, are we available? Are we actually available? Because I want to make this point, but I think it's a really important point for us, especially where it has a lot to do, I think, some things with relationships here, but even bigger beyond even just parenting. Here's the thing I want to make. Accessible and available are not the same thing accessible and available are two very different things it it, it hit me it hit me about a month or about two months ago during hurricane harvey in houston story came out of this a lady was stuck in her garage with her husband two dogs and a disabled uncle husband two dogs disabled uncle she calls 911 okay they say they're going to send someone to help 30 minutes pass nobody shows up an hour passes nobody shows up Meanwhile, the water is now starting to get deeper. It's now ankle deep, ankle deep. They have, they have no higher place to go because they're there with their disabled uncle. Two hours passed. The water is now knee deep. Three hours passed. The water is now coming close to their waist and still no emergency help. In that case, 911 was accessible but not available. Now, thankfully, she was able to call ABC News, and they were able to send someone, and she did get rescued. But I just wanted to make this point. There's a big difference between being accessible and being available. And I wonder if we aren't becoming a people who are extraordinarily accessible to one another, but we're not really available. Gallup did a survey back in 1985. The average person said they had three people in their lives that they would call confidants three people they would call confidence people who with whom they would confide their most important and most difficult parts of their life three in 1985 today the average person only has two now while you might that might not feel like a lot to you, you go oh well there's three and now now there's only two to social scientists that that is like a cosmic relational shift in the last 30 some years and that study went on to further show that 25% of people would admit that they have no one they consider a confidant, a close friend to whom they can turn in times of struggle or celebration. One in four. So it would be kind of like, one, two, three. Bummer. You got nobody. One, two, three. You got nobody. All right? One, two, three. Sorry. All right. And here's the thing. And I guess I want to hammer this just briefly I don't think the problem is technology I don't think the problem is social media And I'm kind of tired of people blaming stuff on technology and social media Here's the deal Like things that have come before it Technology and social media And this is where we kind of got to grow up a little bit Are just tools They're tools that can be used for great good or great evil They're just tools Tools that in this case happen to make us extraordinarily accessible The problem is not the tool The problem is me The problem is me because oftentimes, while I am becoming more accessible, I may not necessarily be more available. And that's why we're starting, well, I think is gonna be a very important brand new series called Next Level. And we're gonna talk about in our relationships, particularly in our friendships. How do we take them to a brand new, better place to the next level in the year 2017? Now, this, this desire for friendships For relationships. This is a universal longing inside each and every human heart. Author Brene Brown, I mean, she reminds us and puts it very pointedly. She says this We are hardwired to connect with others, it's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. Without it, without it, there is suffering. God designed us from the very beginning, the very first pages in Genesis, every one of us, for relationships, for friendships. He designed us to live in community. And as a community of, of Christ followers, we're intended to be connected to one another in a meaningful way. And, and Paul uses kind of a metaphor to describe it this way. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he says, from him, from God himself, the whole body, he describes us as a body. We're like a body. We're joined together by every supporting ligament. And, this is, and by being joined together in relationships, that's how we grow. And that's how we build each other up in love. But it only works as each part does its work. And this is important. This is where we're going to go. There's work to do in this series, okay? This is going to be a very helpful series. There's also going to call you to do some work in this series. And that's what Paul's saying right here. As each part does its work. And what we're going to do in this series is we're going to move from what we call accessibility. All of us are accessible. I think we already get that. But then how do we move from accessibility to really availability, and then in the following weeks, we're going to talk about authenticity and then even on to accountability. Um, I want to start with a kind of a story from the New Testament about how do we move from accessibility, not just being an accessible person, but being an available person. And it's this brilliant story in Mark chapter 2 that I think is going to give some really good insights. It's a story about a guy who had four friends, and uh, but this guy also he needed some help. He needed some help. And um, in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, uh, the Gospels uh, describe it this way. And I'll just, I'll just go ahead and read it, and then we'll. Of work through it a little bit. It says this a few days later when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he would come home. There's kind of a buzz about Jesus being in town. So many gathered, okay, to see Jesus, there was no room left, not even outside the door. And so Jesus preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Now, since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, they lowered the mat of the paralyzed the paralyzed man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. All right, I want you to get, I want you to kind of picture what's going on here just for a minute. Okay. There's a paralyzed man. The paralyzed man has a very obvious need. He's got this group of buddies, four friends, right? Four friends. They all hear Jesus is coming to town. Now, they want to see Jesus. They would love to hear Jesus teach. They would love, if possible, maybe just to press the flesh a little bit and actually get to meet Jesus. And who knows, maybe for their friend, maybe, 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 one of those miracles they'd heard about could take place for him. So I can imagine them kind of talking to their friend who's paralyzed, and he's going, no, we're not going to go. No, we are going to go. No, I don't want you guys to take me. No, we're going to go. And finally, the four guys just insist, and, they, and they, they got him on his mat, and they pick him up on his mat. And off to Jesus they go. And, and I'm imagining walking through town him on a mat and the other four on each end it had to be right kind of kind of an awkward right kind of journey but eventually get to the house where jesus is preaching it's standing room only the place is jam-packed they can't get to jesus what do you do now do you wait outside and see if the crowd eventually thins out do you just turn around and leave say i forget it It was a good idea but not today well then the group of friends There's, there's always one isn't there always one in every group of friends there's always one. And I imagine the one, I don't know, I'm kind of reading between the lines. I imagine one saying, hey guys, I got an idea. <laughs> Let's go on the roof. Let's scale the wall, get on the roof. And the rest of them are like, what? What, what? Why? Why do we do that? And then the one, this is what the one, if you got a group, if you've got one in your friends that's like this, the one always says this, just trust me. <laughs> I imagine one saying, like, just trust me, I got an idea. And they get to the top, right? They get to the top, and all of a sudden, he starts digging into the roof. Inside, Jesus is preaching away, places, places packed, and all of a sudden, plaster starts falling on people's heads from above, right? And pretty soon, this little hole appears. <laughs> this little hole appears. This hole gets bigger and bigger. In fact, it gets so big now that you can actually, they begin to lower. Just imagine. Imagine if all of a sudden, right down here, lowered right in the middle of this, is this guy, okay, on a mat, and he's paralyzed, And pretty soon, he's like smack dab right in the middle of the crowd. And here it is. Jesus looks at the man. The man on the mat looks at Jesus. I think the best moment had to be, though, when Jesus looks up. And the four guys look down. (laughs) Right? Like that. Don't you imagine that happening? I imagine, just because of his response, as Jesus looks up at the four guys, he kind of shakes his head. And then he smiles. And it says this I love this verse in Mark 2 Verse 5 It says this Jesus saw their faith Whose faith did he see? Their faith And then he says to the paralytic son Your sins are forgiven Your sins are forgiven Now That wasn't exactly what he came for But that was exactly what he needed But in that moment Not everybody's thrilled Not everybody's thrilled with what's happening there. The religious leaders start to grumble. You can look here in verse 6 and verse 7. They start to grumble about whether or not, I don't don't think he has the authority to forgive sins. How can he say that? He can't do that. And Jesus kind of hears them talking. He senses their displeasure. And then we look in verses 9 through 11. And here's how Jesus responds. He says, okay, religious leaders, which is easier? To say to the perilous man, your sins are forgiven? Or would it be easier if I said, get up and take your mat and walk? I want you to know the Son of Man has the authority to forgive the sins. And so then he turns to the paralyzed guy, laying right there in the middle of this, and he says to him, he says, I tell you, take your mat and go home. And in that moment, that man stood up on his own two feet, and he walked out of that house on his legs, a brand new person. A changed body, he was healed. A changed spirit, he was forgiven. His whole life was changed and still being talked about to this very day. Now, here's the thing I want you to get. Please get this. His life was forever changed because of the faith of his friends who happened to just be available, who made themselves available. See, here's what I find interesting about this story. These didn't, this, this is not an exceptional group of people. Yeah, he had spiritual needs. He needed forgiveness. He had physical needs. This guy was paralyzed. But I don't read anywhere in this in the the Bible where this was a group of of medical doctors. And so they made themselves available. I don't read anywhere they'd been trained EMTs, so they're like, oh, well, we're gonna beg ourselves available. They weren't clergy, they weren't pastors. They were just a group of friends who were what? Available. There's a verse in the Old Testament. Man, it always encourages me when I think like, you know, I end up, I find myself some other place in the world. I'm supposed to talk and I'm going like, how in the world did I get here? And here's a verse, and maybe this will encourage you in your own life too. It says this, Second Chronicle 16, says, the eyes of the Lord, he's searching the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know what that's saying there? That reminds me that God is just looking. He's just like searching the whole earth, looking for some people who will be available to him to use. Searching the whole earth. I mean, it, it seems as though God is ridiculously pragmatic in his mission. That he'll just use whoever says, I'm available. And it's kind of like, I heard Pastor Meeks talk about it this way at the exponential conference. It's kind of like, um, maybe you're you're, you're at home and and you got an idea or you're trying to make a list and you can't find a pen or a pencil anywhere. You just can't find a pen or pencil for the life. How can I not find a pen or pencil? And then you you see one of the kid's crayons. And so you grab that crayon and you start to make the list. Now that's not the, the best tool, but you use it because it's what? It's... It's available, right? Exactly right Or maybe you, you, you find around the house you know, the, the doorknob that's coming, starting to come off Like one of ours and you, and you need to kind of screw it in Or maybe there's something else that's come loose And you, and you, you, need, you need a screwdriver But the screwdriver is either downstairs or, or, or it's out in the garage Or it wasn't where you are supposed to put it the last time I mean, You can't find a screwdriver anywhere So what do you do? You go over to the silverware drawer You open up the silverware drawer And you pull out a, a butter knife, right? It's not the best tool, is it? But it happens to be the one that's what? It's available. it's available. That's exactly right. Or maybe, you know, you find yourself in the bathroom and you realize there's no toilet paper. That <laughs> happens, right? And then there's none underneath the sink. And then you see an old ladies' home and gardens magazine there. Oh. Or better. <laughs> Never mind. I already did one bathroom joke. That's enough. Here's my question. Okay, and this is a serious question. Will, will you make yourself available? I mean, you go ahead and you can kind of disclaim and say, oh, God, I'm not the best, but I will be available. Will you be available to be that kind of friend to be used by God? See, I think there's some things, some really important things we can learn about moving from accessibility. We're all accessible. We've got to be available if we're going to be used by God in our relationships, our friendships. Here's the first thing, this. Get this, okay? Next level friends are available to carry each other's mats. Next level friends are available to carry each other's mats. Next level friends, if you want to take it to the next level, you embrace the awkward parts of each other's lives. It had to be awkward carrying that guy through the city. Awkward getting him up on the roof. Awkward dropping him down there. Awkward, and the the whole experience was just awkward. That mat represents his brokenness. And and often it's our brokenness that that pushes us away from each other. We're, We're afraid to get close to them because of their flaws. I'm not going to know what to do. I'm not going to know what to say. We're afraid to let people get too close to us because what if they see my issues? What if they see my shortcomings? Are you available for that kind of friendship where you'll carry each other's mats? I'll tell you what, I I, I can remember um, some key times in my own life when people were just available to me. I'm I'm thinking about, we were a young, newly married couple. I had no idea about personal finance stuff no idea and I remember another young couple in our small, co- small group they were actually a little older than us he went on and started a very successful business he just had a know-how about this he pulled me aside and just began to explain some financial principles to me that I, I mean I, we started living by and for a while you know what they did they actually, they actually sent Sue and I 50 bucks a month this is way back in the day they sent us 50 bucks a month just say Dave if you'll save that if you'll just save that did it for a whole year sent me 50 bucks a month then this is gonna get you started in the right way That was a friend who carried my mat. I could tell all kinds of other stories. We all have mats in our lives. Hear me on this. Someone else's miracle could be depending on your availability to pick up their mat. Someone else's miracle could be depending on your availability to pick up their mat. I want you to meet Dan and Michelle. They lead a small group in Plainfield, and they just simply made themselves available
1: my name is Dan Nawa this is my wife Michelle we have three daughters and we've been attending community for close to 20 years
2: for years of attending community we knew what small groups were but we never really um, looked into it too much but I kind of felt like something was missing we would um, talk to people in the hall after or in the lobby after um, church services and you know we got to know people's names and um, a little bit about their stories but I felt like it was more on a, a basic level. I, I felt like we needed to dive in more. So when we finally did join a small group, it was life changing. I felt like we belonged. We um, we fit in so easily with the other families that we um, were part of a small group with. And, um, you know, we started praying for one another's families.
1: You know, these people that I'm with, these people that you're, um, you know, sharing this journey with, you, they really are going through the same issues you are, you know, and it's it's good to you know, get it out and, and, and open yourself up because you get positive feedback and, you know, no one's judging you. that you know, it, it brings out great conversation.
2: We were both baptized and all of our children um, in the past few years at Community and um, our small group was there to support us. One of the wives that's in our small group, um, she was right there with me when I got baptized and it was just the most amazing feeling. It's
1: really been so beneficial having all of us there as a support group for each other. We're trying to all learn how to make God number one, and then then our marriage, and then our kids, and it's, we're all kind of on that journey together.
2: It really feels like such a huge part of our lives that um, it'd be hard to think of our lives without that in it. So Jim and Carrie East have been with our small group from the start. They have two children, Tyler and Kylie, and um, Kylie was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis as a baby. Our small group didn't know anything about cystic fibrosis really um, until we met the East and um, started learning really what all it entails. Breathing treatments and, and the amount of medication that they have to give to Kylie um, you know, on a daily basis and, and the feeding tube and just everything that they undergo with her every day and... Um, You know, a lot of times in winter months, Kylie would have to be hospitalized. So we would really come together to support them um, as much as we could when they were going through those trying times. About four years ago, we started uh, working with them um, on a fundraiser every year called the Breath of Hope. Um, So we raise money for finding a cure for cystic fibrosis. Um, We've gotten our children involved over the years. And so every year for the past five years now, um, our families have all gotten together. I think it's important for the, the children to see too that you know we, we're making a difference and we're trying to find a cure.
1: You take the time to decide what's important in your life and you make yourself available. I mean, there's stuff that you might not get to do or stuff that you had planned that you could you know cross off your off your calendar. but when stuff is important to us, you make, you make the time, you make yourself available.
0: Next level of friends, they carry each other's mat because they're available. Here's the second thing they do. They're also available, okay, to bring each other to Jesus. Andy Stanley, who um, I, I love listening to the guy and I read almost everything he writes to, he, he, he makes this point. He, such, a, such a smart thing to say. He says, your friends determine the quality and direction of your life. Your friends will determine the quality and direction of your life. And so that's why I want to leave you with these two challenges, okay? Two challenges. And challenge number one is this. Don't just be accessible. Would you do this? Would you decide, I will be available? I will be available. I will be available as a parent. I'll be available as a a leader in my business. But I think you also need to be available to one another in this church. And so I wanna challenge you. If you're not yet in a small group, all right, will you make that decision to say, you know what? This is a way that I need to make myself available. And I would would just kind of dare you, give it four weeks. Just give it four weeks. And you know what? When you start carrying mats, it's awkward at first. But if you give it four weeks, here, do this. If, you, if you're interested, you can text SGINFO to 313131. SGINFO to 313131. And it'll give you some information. It will fill out a form, and you can express kind of what you're interested in a small group. But it, that is a clear, tangible next step. You can say, you know what? I'm tired of just being accessible to the whole wide world. I want to actually be available to some other people and have some other people be available to me. And here's the second thing Don't just be available I would challenge this Stay available Stay stay available Carry the mats of those That are in your small group If you're in a group Let them carry yours Don't just think about What what can I get out of it But also what can I bring to it And remember this Please remember this Somebody else's miracle Could be depending On your availability To pick up their mat (laughs) There's a old preacher I don't know what else to call him except a preacher a guy from rural Tennessee who passed away recently a guy named Fred Craddock and uh, I remember Fred he, he would tell this story about a very special community of friends and they had this very kind of special tradition and when, whenever someone new would come into the community they would, they would always have a carry-in meal where everybody would bring something now that, that wasn't the special tradition the special tradition would actually happen after the carry-in meal because um, after the carry meal, they would all join hands in a circle. So try to imagine them all, you know, all join hands in a circle. And they would start with the person to the right of the brand new person. And they'd go around the circle. And if you were there, you would hear something like this. Maybe the first person would say, well, and they would talk to the new person. Oh, hello, my name's John. And I work at the gas station on Main Street. I'm really good with fixing cars, so if you ever have any trouble just give me a call I'd love to help then they go on to the next person she might say something like well my name's Teresa I I love to bake And, uh, and people love to eat what I bake and best of all are my pies so if you ever need any baking just for a special occasion you let me know then they might go on to the next person hello my name's Bert I do law here in town I hope you never need my services but if you do my office is right next door to John's gas station. And they'd go around the circle. And it was that special tradition that made that group of friends so special. And then Fred would end his story and he'd say, And that special community had a special name. You know what they called that circle of friends? They called it church. They called it church. Let's pray. Father God, we know that you came not just for one of us while you did come for one of us, but you really came not just for one of us, but to pull us together and then to pull all of us to you. Draw all people to yourself. Lord, as we continue this series of how do we move from it, accessibility to availability, we ask for the power of your spirit that draws us closer to you and in so doing draws us closer to one another.